This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Wheelhouse. Earlier this year, my business partner and I launched a new vacation rental management company. And knowing that having top-notch software providers by our side was a major key to success, we set out to find the best revenue management software in the short-term rental space. This is where Wheelhouse comes in. It's an incredibly robust platform that gives us critical market data and integrates seamlessly into our software stack. More importantly, it's built by a great team with a ton of easy tools for you to earn more on your short-term rental. Put simply, Wheelhouse has enabled us to grow our business and earn more on every reservation. We use it daily, and if you're in or looking to get into owning or managing a short-term rental, I know it can help you too. To learn more, head over to their website, usewheelhouse.com, and you can use code KNOWINGHOSPITALITY to get 50% off your first month with Wheelhouse. That's usewheelhouse.com. Now let's get to the podcast. Memorable means in the end, profitable. If you're in someone's memory, if you're in someone's mind, if people are happy, they will tell others, they will come back, they will write a good review for you. Welcome to the Proven Principles Podcast, the show that deconstructs the inner workings of the hospitality industry, breaking down the tools, tips, and tricks that the world's best-run hotels use every day. Here's your host, Adam Knight. My guest today is Dominique Pabia de Groot. She's the owner of DG Hospitality, a Dutch company that trains hospitality teams to create memorable experiences and advises organizations within the hospitality industry how they can improve their customer journey. When we were initially discussing doing this episode, our conversation turned to the state of hotel and restaurant openings as pandemic restrictions are lifted and whether or not businesses should in fact reopen at 100% when they're allowed to do so. A robust discussion became a full show about customer service, creating emotional and practical experiences, and working with limited resources. At the end of the day, we find that focusing on the fundamentals will see us through the next year or more as we get back to normal life. So let's get to it. This is episode 54 of the Proven Principles podcast, Dominique Pabia de Groot on bridging the resource gap through pandemic reopening. Enjoy. Dominique, it's so great to have you on the show. Thanks for being here. Hey, Adam, thank you for having me. It's really fun to be here. You bet. You bet. You are based in the Netherlands. Correct. Yeah. And I want to get into, I mean, we have a lot to talk about today, but before we get too deep into it, I know there's a lot of people listening right now that can't wait to travel to Europe when the pandemic is kind of lifted and things get a little bit better. So what's going on in Europe right now? Is this like, can we travel there? Yeah, it depends on the country, actually. But if we're talking about the Netherlands and Italy, because uh, I'm familiar with those two countries, you can travel again. I get my vaccine actually in two weeks, and I'm 34 years old. We're doing the vaccines by age. So we started with 80 plus, and we're going backwards. You work your way down. Yeah. So everything will be reopening again. I enjoyed my first drink on a terrace today, (laughs) in a restaurant terrace. (laughs) So yeah, you can... Travel within Europe. You can travel to Europe. It's going to be an amazing summer. Can't. It's, I mean, just this feeling of getting back to normal life. And we, ah. here in Seattle, where I'm based, things are starting to open up again. Actually, the vaccination rates, I think they're at 50, a little over 50% now. People have both vaccines. So wow. we're, we're definitely moving in the right direction. And businesses are starting to open again. Restaurants, patios are open. Streets are busy. You're seeing a, a lot fewer masks just out and about. Uh, And even, I mean, unfortunately, there were so many hotels that closed at the beginning of the pandemic that are now able to reopen again and and things are just starting to come back uh, to life. So it's really, it's encouraging to see. 
that's great. So we can all look forward to normal times again. That's fingers crossed. Yeah. <laughs> so why don't you why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself? You know, alluded to your base in the Netherlands right now, but you've got your own company. So you're I know you're very busy working with uh, clients on helping them improve their customer journey. So why don't you expand on that a little bit? Perfect. Yeah, I've just started DG Hospitality. And what I do is exactly what you told me. I advise organizations within the industry how to improve their customer journey and getting maximum return on investment for it. And I train hospitality teams to make guest experience even more memorable. I train them how to do it. Myself, I've worked in different management positions within the industry, from a five-star boutique hotel to a prestige golf course and everything in between. Well, (laughs) mostly in the restaurant and event business. (laughs) Yeah. So Mm -hmm. I'm really, um, (laughs) I always say hospitality is in my DNA. It's in my veins. I cannot Mm. live without this industry. And it's really my passion to make hospitality even more beautiful for companies and for their employees. That's the case with so many of us. It just gets in your blood. Even when you try to leave, (laughs) you can't. It just pulls (laughs) you you right back You always come back. I try to leave for a year. You always come back. (laughs) You always come back. But it just, yeah, it gets you right back in. I like this idea of maximizing ROI on focusing on improving the journey, on making sure that the experience is better for guests, for employees. Mm-hmm. How do you approach that with DG Hospitality, like in, with respect to maximizing the ROI? So how do you define that? Is it is it improving on different metrics based off of the cost to bring you in? How do you square that? What we actually do, I talk to the general managers, owners, the people who hire me, where they want to have their focus on or want to have like more return on investment on. Most companies work with like net promoter scores. So they know they they just bundle their reviews and they know where their weaknesses are and their strengths are. So most of the companies already tried to optimize their customer journey, but they find out that it's it's really hard because they keep doing the same thing they're doing over and over again. So that's the point where I come in. And what I do, I focus on the emotional part of the customer journey. And that's where a lot of profit can be made to make experience more memorable and therefore also more profitable. Huh, interesting. Yeah. When I talk about some of the best hotels in the world, what they do so well is they they engage all five senses. So nothing is out of balance. Everything just connects in a way that is pleasing to, you know, every sort of, every way that you experience the place that you're in. Smells. And a lot of that is, yeah, smells, textures, touch, things are clean. People are friendly. It sounds good, right? Like the music is, sounds great. Vision, things look nice. They're put in their plate. Like there's so many things that go into that. But at a very high level, that's, that's talking to somebody's emotional engagement with the place that they're in. Is that kind of in keeping with some of the things that you talk about when you go in and you try to improve the emotional experience? Definitely. My first focus is actually uh, on the team. Here in the Netherlands, we still have to get used using all the five senses. It's still not very common, for example, to use smell in your hotel or restaurant. Just very few hotels Mm -hmm. use it. 
or vision. And why? Because they think it's a big investment and they're not sure what their return on it is. So it's my job to mm-hmm. <laughs> come in and uh, I work with several partners. Uh, for example, a company, it's called Sec Air Design. And they provided me all the samples of different smells. And I just uh, do a pilot for a month, for example. So we say we start this month. Next month, just give me your opinion. Let's see the reviews. Let's see what happened when you talk to your guests. So I help my partners also selling their products by letting people try it. Because here in the Netherlands, we still need to, they want to see the proof of the investment. Of course, Mm. it's not very common yet to use all the senses. Yeah. The scent pieces can be tricky in businesses sometimes, but you know, or or in hotels. But I think everybody's had the experience where you go somewhere and you smell something familiar and it brings you back to an experience that you had that where that smell was prevalent, right? I think they say like actually scent is one of the most powerful senses in recalling a memory, well, positive or negative, but ideally positive. It is. It's actually our nose is our is our strongest organ (laughs) which we use and um just like what you just told it's exactly the reason why smell is so important and why smell can really affect your customer journey in a positive or a negative way so yeah Mm. you're totally right it's really worth the investment for example i've used orange smell in a restaurant over here it's a mediterranean restaurant so when people enter, they do like, oh, it smells so good here. But even if it's a few weeks or a few months later, they go to Italy or the south of Spain and they smell, for example, this orange fragrance again, they will not only say, oh, this smells so good, but they will probably also say, remember, this is like how that restaurant smelled. We had such a good time there. Mm-hmm. Let's go there as soon as we come back home. So that's what smell Mm -hmm. does. It really, really gets into your mind, in your memory, and it will be more likable that you think often about that typical place where you smelled, for example, in this case, orange. I don't want to focus this entire episode on on smell. (laughs) (laughs) But I I do think it's worth bringing up that there's, there's ways to do it properly. If it's not prevalent in the Netherlands yet, there are a lot of hotels and and even just regular businesses here in the U.S. Mm -hmm. that have employed scent machines. And there's a lot of different ways to do it, whether it's just, you know, a little thing behind a desk or, you know, up in your HVAC system, something a little more substantial. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of bad smells out there and it's very easy to choose the wrong thing or to have it be too overpowering. And, you know, that's that's when it comes back to the initial point about the best places in the world do it in a way where it's not out of balance with everything else. It's there, but it's not there. It's yeah. pleasing, but it's also somewhat forgettable until you smell it again, then it brings you back to the experience. You know what I mean? Yeah, correct. Yeah, you're totally right. Yeah. So I'll be interested to hear how things go, uh, you know, with that over there. Yeah, Next time I'm course. in the Netherlands, I'll, we'll see if- <laughs> I will give you <laughs> a sample, a okay? More. Yeah, for sure. But, you know, when we're talking about businesses reopening and and balancing all five senses and ROI on training and emotional engagement. We've got a situation right now where businesses are opening, but there's not many resources available to implement just about anything. A lot of places are just surviving right now. You know, whether it's no money, no people, no time, those internal resources are really stretched. So 
with that in mind, what are some of the things that hotels and restaurants and just businesses that are focused on customer experience, what should they be focused on right now that might be low barrier to entry actions that they can they can take? Well, you can look at it like team-wise or business-wise. I will give a great example if I talk about team-wise, because you have to do it with the people you're working with. So if you have a small team and your budgets are not that big at the moment, what I always say, it's really, it's really easy and really fun to develop your, your customer experience. What do you want that your customers or guests experience when they are at your hotel, at your restaurant? If you want the emotional engagement, it's really important. You just grab a pen and paper, gather around with your team, get a pen, get a paper. And name five senses you want your guests to experience. For example, you want them to feel cared for. You want them to feel welcome. You want them to feel comfortable. You want them to feel surprised, relaxed. Name a few. Also think about your personal life. How do you want to feel in your daily life? Write all these positive emotions. And then think together with your team about the actions that will evoke those emotions with your guests. And what's really important to do is add personas to this emotional Mm. customer journey. Like, for example, if you want your customers to feel comfortable and welcome as soon as they enter your your hotel, you can define actions, how to do that. For example, to hold the door open, say, welcome to our hotel. We hope you had a pleasant journey. But you can imagine that if you have an elderly couple or you have a family with children, then comfortable and welcome has a total different meaning for those two target groups. Mm -hmm. If you have ever traveled with young children, you know that you have a lot of bags that your children don't want to wait while checking in. So then make sure you already take the bags from the parents. You have a small present for the children and that you will guide them as soon as possible to their hotel room. If you have an elderly people, maybe you would already want to take their luggage at the front door to help them carry it. So describe the emotions you want to evoke with your guests, make actions that will evoke those emotions, and add personas. Look at your guests. Do you have families with young children? Do you have business travelers? Maybe you have a lot of international guests that are jet-lagged when they arrive at your hotel. It's really fun to do, and your guests will really experience the wow moment, the sparkling moment of, they really anticipated my needs. That's awesome. If somebody can really anticipate your needs, then you feel really taken care for. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. The the persona piece, so many hotels just think a guest is a guest is a guest. They don't think about... Not just the type, different type of, it's not, right? It's the different type of traveler that comes in, but everybody coming in has had a different experience in their journey arriving at your hotel, whether they just drove an hour, whether they flew 20 hours to get there, you don't know the experience. So it's, it's good to think about this stuff and really, in in a detailed way so that you can think about, well, what if these people somebody coming in from overseas, what might they want? What if somebody coming in before check-in time, what might they want? Or what can we, what can we do for them if they came from this place and their room isn't ready to make their 
make it as comfortable as them before they can get into their room. And, you know, maybe the time change is just killing them and they, they need a place to just relax and not be around anybody for a while. There's a lot of different types of guests to your point. And I, I think this is a great idea. Yeah. And I think also like every, what I've experienced that every hotel has about a top five type of guests that enters their hotel the most. Mm-hmm. So it's, you don't have to add 20 personas. If you make it top five, you're already on a, you already come a long way. And you know what the fun thing is about an emotional journey and adding personas? If you write it really on a map, so just put it in your back office, it's so easy for your team to remember and they would they will really know how to handle. Because if you if you don't tell them what they should do and if you don't tell them the why, why you do this, they won't do it if they don't, understand the meaning behind it so if you have the map in a back office and they see it every day and they see okay international travelers we take their luggage we do a quick check-in we bring them to their rooms and five minutes later we we bring them a cup of jet lag tea and we gave them an eye pillow for example like every time they Mm -hmm. encounter an international guest it will be in their DNA almost right. that every international guest mm-hmm. we bring them a cup of jet lag tea and an eye pillow. It's mm-hmm. becoming a habit the more you do it. So the personas the and creating the map, it works. Yeah, yeah, that's such that is really good insight. That's a really good idea um, and something that's easy to implement. Um, you know, at, at at just about any level. I'm curious to get your perspective on how customer service has changed over the last. Let's just call it 18 months to, to make it a round number. Last year and a half through the pandemic, what I'm hearing is that, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic, the businesses that stayed open, customers were far more forgiving than they are today when everybody is just wanting to get back out and get back to normal life. What are you seeing out there? I've been thinking about this question myself because uh, my husband has a restaurant and we're reopening. So we were like, Will expectations have changed? And we've been talking, of course, I've been talking to a lot of hoteliers here in the neighborhood. And you know what I think? I think people can't can't wait to go out again, to go to hotels, to go to restaurants again. I think what has changed is maybe the emotional part of feeling safe at your property. I think it has become more important to feel safe. Here in the Netherlands, for example, the COVID regulations are still, you need to have one half meter distance. We all need to wear mouth masks. We all need to clean our hands with this hygienic gel before entering the hotel lobby or a restaurant. And from my perspective, what I see is that people really expect that it's whether the hotel, the restaurant, that they really take care for their safety, that they really make sure that all the guests that nobody can enter my table or my, my space within the one and a half meters. I will give you an example that I've experienced last week uh, with a friend of mine. We were on a, on a terrace. There were 30 people allowed last week and they had these parasols. Is it parasol? Umbrella, yeah. Umbrella, yeah. And um, it started to rain, but there were three umbrellas on the whole terrace. So we were under one of them. The rest of the 10 other people were not under the umbrella. So what happened? It started to rain. Everybody 
stood like next to us under our umbrella with their plates and their drinks like within <sighs> one half meter. And I understand because people do that, but it was up to the owner to make sure I was safe. And at that point, I didn't yeah. feel safe anymore. Mm -hmm. So I think on that perspective is that people expect you to arrange it for them. It has become more important to feel safe and to anticipate, mm -hmm. in that case, someone needs more than before. That's definitely been a change in customer expectations yeah. uh, at a business. That feeling of feeling safe. Yeah. I get the sense too that while that's important, there's a lot of fatigue around that from mm -hmm. you know, the customers at large, right? They don't necessarily want to go through the process of having to sanitize their hands and do a mask check every time they walk in mm -hmm. and be reminded by the staff that you have to keep your mask on when you're, you know, doing this and that, or, you know, or, or whatever the safety precautions are relative to your own personal situation at your mm -hmm. business. I think customers are tired of it. So the, the execution of those, a lot of those safety protocols and reminders and maybe forms that people have to fill out if they're going to a spa or coming into another, you know, a hotel, if, if you're doing that, being able to take care of enough of that up front before they arrive so that people can just be at the place, just experience it as if all of this was behind us. And just maybe subtle reminders once people arrive of the, you know, the, the two or three things that you require. And then just get, let, let people get on with having a great experience. I, I think that, that that's very quickly where things are going. That's certainly the case over here. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that the practical part, the whole functional part of your customer journey, for example, the hand sanitizers, the, I don't know, do you have to have, do you have to do a health check before entering a property? Like ask questions? Yeah, some places, yes. They'll ask you questions. Uh, they'll take your temperature. Yeah. You know, they'll require you to, you know, kind of scrub in with some hand sanitizer, do yeah. a mask check. Sometimes they'll, they'll hand you a new mask. When you come uh, in, you can't wear your own mask. They'll hand you one when you go in. Yeah. I think uh, for here, we don't do temperature. So that's a different, uh, different thing. But we have to check boxes. Like, do you have any symptoms like coughing? Yeah. Or I think mm -hmm. that part, it needs to be integrated totally in the customer journey. For example, in our restaurant, we developed a web page. At the same day that our guests arrive, we send them an email. So in the comfort of their homes, they can just fill in the questions. They get like this green box at their screen that they uh, can enter our restaurant. So at the entrance, we just say, oh, have you filled in the, yeah, sure, here, I have some proof. And people are, they really like to give the proof, like they have the green button. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's totally integrated. It's like a, in VI, the, it's like a and, VIP and you, access. <laughs> yeah. And you get a smiley, like, oh, you're welcome. <laughs> so if you integrate the practical part in the whole customer journey, and if you make it fun, it's all about also tone of voice. It's like, will you please, can you sanitize your hands? Or... If you say, hi, welcome, please sanitize your hands before your experience can begin. It's a way of, of uh, yeah, using your tone of voice yeah. that can make the, the difference. Tone of voice and words, they, they matter in yeah. this case. Well, they may always matter, but yeah, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And the idea too of just, we've seen this many times where, I, yeah, at least over here, there's been a lot of pushback mm -hmm. with 
regulations and ma- requiring masks. And, and you've, you've probably seen a lot of the videos that go viral of, of customers uh, really taking it out on frontline employees. And yeah. as a manager at a hotel or restaurant or the owner, you know, whatever your hierarchy is, putting line level staff in a position to have to enforce rules that we already know are very, they shouldn't be controversial, but they are. And, you know, people push back on them and, and for whatever their reasons are, that sets everybody up for failure. So as much as you can do ahead of time to let people know what the expectations are and then have them fill these things out before they arrive and communicate all that all along the guest journey so that when they get there, they know the expectation. And then that can also, they can just sort of get on with experiencing the thing that they're there to do. I think it's just better for everybody's psyche. Totally true. And if you have a guest that still like doesn't want to follow the regulations, it happens, of course. We had one team, they had the back office and we uh, developed a dance just to shake it off. <laughs> like if you had a guest that really didn't want to do, <laughs> follow the, the instructions. Yeah, but I think you're totally right, Adam. It needs to be integrated. It's, it's more fun for everybody. Yeah. You know, we've talked a lot about the emotional experience of going into a, a hotel or restaurant. We just kind of covered off inadvertently a lot of the practical aspects of what an experience is like, especially because the COVID stuff is so relevant right now. But what do you think is more important as we start to come out of this and get back to normal? You know, again, with the context of there's not a lot of resources, time, money, you know, experience, expertise internally, there's a lot to balance here. So if, if you, you maybe and you're using your, you and your husband's restaurant as a good example here, what is more important to focus efforts on right now? Is it on an emotional experience or is it on the practical aspects of the experience? It is definitely the emotional part of the experience because it's the emotional part where you can make it memorable. And memorable means in the end, profitable. If you're in someone's memory, if you're in someone's mind, if, if people are happy, they will tell others, they will come back they will write a good review for you. It's really the best way to make the connection with your guests. And that's actually what we want. We all want to feel connected again. So it's really worth the investment to train your team on the emotional part, to develop your whole, to create the whole customer journey around the emotional part, rather than investing your money in the practical part. Like, you know, if you want to redecorate your restaurant, First, make sure your customer journey on the emotional part is fantastic, top level. Then think about the rest. People want to have the connection with you. And for example, if you go, you have been to Italy before, right? That's right. Yep. You've been to Rome. Yep. If you go out for dinner in Italy, you probably end up in the shabbiest place where you have this... With with this, uh, T, do you see TL lights on? Where it's really bright light inside. Yeah, yep. you know, there's there's. Yep. It's not. It's really not. If you if you look at from outside the window, you think, "Wow, we'll find another restaurant." Mm-hmm. But the food. Yeah, but then they all look like that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. No, but if you, but there the bartender. He asks your name. He asks you who mm-hmm. you are. He. He gives you the the menu special or he he says, oh, you're a tourist? Well, then let me get you this. And you feel so welcome. And mm-hmm. that's the emotional part. And it doesn't matter that you're 
that you're not comfortable on your chair or that the light is really not flattering <laughs> because you have the emotional part. We want to feel welcome. We want to feel taken care for, and that's what the emotional part does. Yeah, I think your example of, I mean, my experience in Rome in particular, and we were there in January, not this past January, but when we were there, it was January. And so it wasn't high season for travel. It was mostly locals around. And that to this day, that was three years ago, that's still the most emotionally impactful trip that I've been on probably ever. And it was all because of exactly what you're talking about right now. It was the the little, you know, we, I remember we walked into a, a cheese shop near the Parthenon, Pantheon? Yeah, Pantheon, yeah. Yeah, Pantheon, yeah. Pantheon. yeah. yeah. And we don't speak any Italian. He didn't speak any English, but the owner welcomed us in, had us try all kinds of different food. He, he put on like American music videos from the eighties <laughs> on the TV, you know, and, and just to try to find like this, this common ground and all he wanted to do was make sure that we had this yeah. great experience and this chance, literally a totally chance encounter at like 10 o'clock at night in the middle of winter in Rome. And that happened again and again and again on our like, you know, week, week long trip that we were there. And that really solidified for me after the fact that, yes, there's an operational aspect of my brain that wants to make sure that everything is neat, tidy, has a place, that there's processes to make sure things are maintained, everything works, we've got, you know, new technology, all of that's all very important. But that all feels cold and inauthentic if you're not communicating effectively or delivering service in the way that your guests want to receive it. And that that's literally colored kind of my my whole perspective on guest experience ever since then, just because of that. So he provided a really memorable experience for you. The practical part is it's just functional. It's the emotional part that makes the experience memorable. But I also often say to my clients that a good guest experience mm -hmm. never happens by accident. It means that if you're Sorry. working with a a big team, you always have natural talents in your team. They have this natural ability of making the connection with guests. But mm -hmm. as a company, you also should, as a hotel or restaurant, you also should provide stuff, whether it's training, whether it's products. You need to give them a stage to make this experience memorable. If you have time for a small example, one of my colleagues, she once flew with Emirates to from Amsterdam to actually it was a long journey. She was flying to Australia to Adelaide. So she had to stop over in Dubai and flew to Australia. She arrived at the airport and they say, oh, she was flewed in because she was a, a keynote speaker at a big event, at a golf event. And they said, I'm sorry, we have a problem. <laughs> We're overbooked. So you get an upgrade. And she was like, but I already booked a business class ticket. And they said, yeah, but we upgraded you to first class. Well, to make a long story oh. short, she had an amazing, I know if you have ever heard of first class Which is class everybody's dream, Emirates, by the way. <laughs> I know. So she had an amazing time. But to make a long story short, in the end, she asked the flight attendant to make a picture. And the flight attendant said, yeah, uh, sure. But then you need to wear my outfit as well. So they put on the Emirates hat with the beautiful thing on it. And they made mm -hmm. a picture with Polaroid camera. 
So it's this mm. instant camera that the photo immediately comes out. Yeah. They put it into, like, you have these uh, papers, these leaflets in theme parks as well, if you come out the roller coaster. Yes. So she put it in a book yeah, it's like, like, it's like, like that. Yeah, it's like a frame. Yeah, in a yeah. frame. And it had a hashtag. It said hashtag law flying Emirates something. Mm -hmm. That is a great example of guest experience that doesn't happen by accident because someone at the headquarters of Emirates had to think about placing all those Polaroid cameras in their Emirate airplanes that it was filled with the, the photo material that they had the booklets ready with the hashtag. Mm -hmm. So what I'm trying to say is that the headquarters makes sure that the staff could provide the guest experience. So a good guest experience never happens by accident because you need to think of it. Yeah. So you need to make it you easier for your yeah, staff they, to do it. I like that's, I mean, if anybody takes anything out of this conversation today, that's exactly what it should be is that nothing yeah. happens by accident nope. and make it easy for the staff to do it. Remove as many barriers as you possibly can. And if exactly. you can do those two things, then you're going to be much further ahead than, frankly, just about any hotel or restaurant out there. Because nobody is thinking about it in those terms. Or maybe they are, but they're not executing on it in those terms. And that's the difference. And your team will feel so proud because they have created this experience and they will share their successes with their colleagues. And they will say, but how did you do that? Creating guest experience will be the overall talking in the company. Everybody will talk, not how was your weekend, but how did you do that guest experience? <laughs> Yeah, they will talk about right. about their <laughs> exactly. success. Yeah. yeah, it will be like really the DNA of the company. And that's the goal at the end of the day, I think. Yeah, it is. Dominique, this was a fantastic discussion today. Thank you. If people want to learn more about you, what you're doing or get in touch with you, where should they go? It's best to find me on LinkedIn and uh, feel free to contact me because I'm really happy to share thoughts or inspire each other. So please do contact me on LinkedIn. Sounds good. I'll link to your profile in the show notes if people want to get a hold of you. It'll be right down there. Again, Dominique, thank you for being on the show today. Thank you, Evan, for having me. This was my episode with Dominique Pabia de Groot. You can find her on LinkedIn or at dghospitality.nl. I'll link to both in the show notes. You can see the full interview on YouTube. Just search The Proven Principles Podcast. And if you want to learn more about the show, just head over to our website, theprovenprinciplespodcast.com. Finally, if you need help with a project or just someone to work with on a tough problem in your hotel or restaurant, please don't hesitate to reach out. You can book a free call with me by going to knowinghospitality.com slash contact. Thanks again for listening. Until next time. For past episodes, show notes, or if you've got a story that might make a great episode, head on over to theprovenprinciplespodcast.com. We'd love to hear from you. You can subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts, even on YouTube. And if you haven't already, don't forget to leave us a rating and a review. Thanks for listening to the Proven Principles Podcast.